And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon at City Field in front of a capacity crowd, the Marlins and the Mets played game three of their four-game weekend series. Uh, Braxton Garrett and Carlos Carrasco went toe-to-toe. They were the starting pitchers. Uh, but, folks, when it was all said and done, you kind of forgot about those two, the way this one played out yesterday. With a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Thanks for listening to Miami Marlins Baseball. Marlins Baseball has been brought to you in part by Valley Sports Florida, the heart of the fan and the home of the Marlins, and AutoNation, America's largest and most admired auto retailer. With the 10th inning show, here's Glenn Geffner. Well, this will go down as one that got away from the Marlins, a game they could have and should have won several different times, several different ways. But they come up short in the end in 10 innings. The Mets prevail here at City Field 5-4, to four, capping a great day for them and for their fans. Pre-game, they retired. Keith Hernandez is number 17. A terrific on-field ceremony. And then they end the day with a bang, scoring twice in the bottom of the 10th to steal a 5-4 victory here. The Marlins, at the outset, had a chance to jump on Carlos Carrasco right out of the gate. They loaded the bases with nobody out in the first inning. John Birdie led off with a double. Garrett Cooper walked with Jesus Aguilar at the plate. A wild pitch move, birdie to third. So the Marlins had first and third, nobody out. Aguilar then reached on catcher's interference. Miami made the bases loaded in the first inning. Nobody out against Carlos Carrasco, but Jesus Sanchez struck out. And Avisael Garcia hit into a 4-6-3 double play. It was a 21-pitch first inning for Carrasco, but after loading the bases with nobody out, the Marlins failed to score. Braxton Garrett from Miami was perfect through the first two and a third. He finally walked Luis Guillorme with two outs in the third inning, but retired the next two, and this game stayed 0-0 into the fourth. Garrett hadn't allowed a hit, and he got the first two outs in that fourth inning, but then he faced Pete Alonso. The 0-1, Alonso drives one deep down the left field line. Fair or foul? It is a fair ball and a home run. Alonso is 23rd of the season, his first in 12 games, and the Mets go up 1-0. But Garrett came back, got the final out in that fourth inning, set down the side, one, two, three in the fifth, and in the top of the sixth, Miami finally broke through against Carlos Carrasco. They had had so many chances. Bases loaded, nobody out in the first, couldn't score. They had the first man reach in the third, couldn't score. Got a leadoff double from Aguilar in the fourth, couldn't score. Got Nick Fortes down to second base in the fifth inning, couldn't score. They finally came through, though, in the sixth inning with one out. Jesus Aguilar singled, part of a three-hit day for him. Jesus Sanchez walked. Avi Garcia singled. That loaded the bases. Brian Anderson hit a double to the wall in left center field that scored Jesus Aguilar. But Jesus Sanchez, the runner at second base, had a terrible read on the ball. He got a very late break off of second base, and he was thrown out at the plate 8-4-2. Nimmo to Guillorme to the catcher, Nito. And instead of taking a 2-1 lead, it was still 1-1 at that point. Marlins at second and third with... Two outs in the inning, and Brian De La Cruz at the plate when Carrasco let one get away. Quickly ahead of De La Cruz, who's 0-2 in the game, the 0-2 pitch, and that one goes to the backstop. Caroms all the way up the first baseline and racing home to give the Marlins the lead. Garcia, it's 2-1. That ball shot by the catcher, Nito, on the rebound and started rolling toward first base. Lugo tracked it down, but no chance to get Garcia at the plate. Wow. How about the fortune for the Marlins right there but I think he got 
So Miami goes up at that point 2-1. to one. Seth Lugo, who would replace Carlos Carrasco to face Brian De La Cruz, struck De La Cruz out, ending the inning. But Miami had the lead at 2-1. to one. Carrasco charged with both the runs on seven hits over five and two-thirds. He walked two, struck out five, threw 92 pitches, 56 strikes. Braxton Garrett started the bottom of the sixth with the lead, allowed an infield hit off his glove to the leadoff man, Tomas Nito, in that inning. A ball that had he let it go would have been a roller out to the shortstop, Rojas, for an easy out. But Garrett made the instinctive play, reached for the ball, had it deflect off his glove into no man's land. First man was on. But Garrett came back. He got Brandon Nimmo to line to left. He got Ender and Ciarte to ground to first. So at that point, there were two outs with a man on, and the Marlins up by a run when Garrett went after Francisco Lindor. So one pitch to Lindor is hit well deep down the left field line toward the foul pole, and a home run, a two-run shot for Lindor. The Mets have the lead back at 3-2. to two. Lindor with his second home run of the season off of Braxton Garrett, his fifth of the year in RBIs 13 and 14 against the Marlins. So he's hit five of his 15 home runs against Miami. He has 14 of his 60 RBIs this year against the Marlins. Mets had a 3-2 lead. That would be it for Garrett, done after five and two-thirds, three hits, three runs all earned. He walked one, struck out three, allowed two home runs, accounting for all three Mets runs to that point through 85 pitches and 60 strikes. Now, the bullpen for the Marlins started hanging some zeros. Dylan Floro got through the sixth inning. Eliezer Hernandez, back from AAA this weekend, pitched a scoreless seventh inning. And in the top of the eighth, down a run, the Marlins had the big bats of Aguilar, Sanchez, and Garcia coming up at a point when one swing could tie the game. And that's precisely what happened. Compliments of Jesus Aguilar. From the stretch, the 0-2. Aggie bangs one. Deep to left. Back goes Canna at the wall. Goodbye. Home run to tie the game. 3-3 in the eighth. What do you got right there, Glenn? You get the old hang them? <laughs> we bang them. That's right. <laughs> we had just been talking about that with hanging breaking balls. And Aguilar banged one to tie this game at three in inning number eight. The Marlins couldn't score beyond that. Steven Okert got into a mess in the bottom of the eighth inning. A leadoff double to Luis Guillorme. Nito dropped down a sack bunt, so man at third. The go-ahead man with one out in the eighth inning. Brandon Nimmo walked, putting men at the corners. But Stephen Okert, a great job pitching out of the mess. He got pinch hitter Jeff McNeil to fly to shallow center field for the second out. No chance for Guillaume to try to tag. And then Francisco Lindor grounded out to shortstop, ending the eighth, sending us to the ninth inning, tied 3-3. The Mets brought their closer, Edwin Diaz, on, and Diaz did what Diaz does, sets down the side 1-2-3 with a couple of Ks in the ninth, struck out De La Cruz and Fortes. In the bottom of the ninth, Anthony Bass struck out the side. He got Alonzo Davis and Canna, so he went to the 10th with the Marlins and the Mets deadlocked at three aside. At the start of the bottom of the 10th, the Marlins had a pinch runner, Billy Hamilton, as the placed runner at second base and leading the inning off, John Birdie. Pitch on the way, ground ball wide of third, and a diving stop by the shortstop. Lindor throws to 30, throws the ball away. Here comes Hamilton. He's going to score. The ball rolling along the backstop, and down to second base goes Birdie. The Marlins take the lead 4-3. to three. It'll be a single and an E6 by Lindor. So the Marlins had the lead, and they had a chance to add on with Birdie at second base, and nobody out in the 10th inning. Joey Wendell coming to the plate in what had been Garrett Cooper's spot. 
Cooper was ejected from the game, arguing with home plate umpire Mark Ripperger, as was Don Mattingly. That happened at the end of the bottom half of the seventh inning. With Wendell at the plate, the pitcher Colin Holderman bounced a pitch that Nito fielded on a short hop. He fired down to second base, trying to pick Birdie off. Birdie got back to the bag safely, but then was pushed off the bag. We watched replay after replay. He was pushed off the bag by Francisco Lindor, and Corey Blazer, the second base umpire, called Birdie out. So instead of a man at second with nobody out, you had nobody on with one out. Wendell popped to first. Aguilar grounded to short, and a chance to add on to the one-run lead by the boards for the Marlins. So it was the narrowest of leads to protect for Tanner Scott going to the bottom of the 10th. The Mets had the place runner Mark Canna at second base. Bottom three in the order coming up. Scott got off to a great start. He caught Eduardo Escobar looking at a fastball for strike three. He caught Luis Guillorme looking at a fastball for strike three. So that place runner was still at second base with two outs in the bottom of the 10th. The Marlins were an out away from victory today. And the guy that Scott needed to get, the backup catcher, didn't even start this game, came on because of injury. The light-hitting Tomas Nito. Scott to Nito. Ground ball to third base, down the line. Anderson has to get by him. It's going to tie the game. It rolls into left field. Nito's headed to second base. 4-4 in the 10th. Anderson trying to backhand that ball on the line behind third base. At the very minimum, needed to knock it down and keep it on the infield. But as soon as it got past him, there was no question Cano was going to score. And at that point, it was 4-4. And I had the winning man at second base, two outs in the 10th. And it was back to the top of the order for a guy who's been a real thorn in the Marlins side, Brandon Nimmo. Or given I'll go back to the top of the first. That's what I'm saying. That's when the tone was set. The 0-1 to Nimmo. Ground ball back to the pitcher. Knocked down. Scott picks it up on the mound. And he throws it away at first base. The Mets are going to win it 5-4. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, wow. Honestly, this is this is bad. That's a they bad gave loss. a game away. Yeah, that's a bad loss. From the top of the first to the bottom of the tenth, this is a game the Marlins gave away. Mets with their fourth walk-off win of the year from Miami, a seventh walk-off loss, and this one is a real kick in the gut. In 10, 5-4 Mets, back with final thoughts from J.P. And a look at the- uh, that uh, pretty much sums it up. For the Mets, in 10 innings, five runs, five hits, two errors, three left. For the Marlins, four runs, ten hits, one error, six men left. Colin Holderman, the winner, 4-0. Tanner Scott, the loser, 4-3. Chargers with the third blown save of the season. Time of the game, three hours, 41 minutes. Mets are, again, a season best, 21 over 500 at 53-32. Now 28-14 and 14 at home. And now about 26 and 10 against the National League East. Marlins had a chance to climb back within a game of 500, but they fall to 40 and 43. Now 20 and 26 on the road. Real disappointing. Marlins and Auto Nation are working together again this year to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to Auto Nation's Traffic Initiative to support cancer research. Today, 9Ks, $225 for the season, 722 strikeouts, $18,050 from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. I don't know if there's really any other way to put it other than that's, um, that's a crushing loss for the Marlins who were one out away in a couple of 
how do you put it, basic fundamentals of baseball away from winning the game uh, with Sandy on the mound today. Uh, anyway, before we hear from Don Mattingly and Tanner Scott, as well as John Birdie, let's step aside for a quick commercial break. Back with you on Marlins Rewind. Let's hear from Don Mattingly after the Marlins loss. Donnie, just how disappointing was that one, especially after some missed opportunities at early, able to come back, tie it, force sex shows, get that extra run, and then uh, to give it away there in the 10th. Yeah, that's a, there was a lot that went on today. Um, some good stuff. thought Brax was good today. Uh, Oki kind of lead off double, gets out of that. Bass has a good inning. Um, with some good stuff in the middle there. Aggie swung the bat well all day today. Hits a homer to get us tied up. Uh, just we did have some missed opportunities early. Obviously, the the inning in the first is something you always look back at when you're, you know, bases loaded, nobody, uh, and you don't get anything there. You kind of hope that doesn't come back to burn you. Um, but we had chances after that. So I think in general, probably too many mistakes fundamentally. You know, on the bases, uh, yeah, just fundamentally didn't, didn't play good enough. The birdie situation there in the 10th, and do you feel from your perspective he might have gotten pushed off the bat? Oh, I think he got pushed a little bit, but I don't think it was excessive push, right? And I think that's where um, if he actually would excessively pushed him, but he just kept, it looked like he just kept pressure on him and allowed him to slide off. What about Sanchez? trying to tag up with the bases loaded and was thrown out. Yeah, that's just one of those. You're not following. Our principles are, you know, with one out, you got to be able to score on that ball. Uh, so, yeah, it's just like fundamentally not following our principles on the bases. Uh, the seventh inning, Cooper gets ejected. Then you go out there. Just what was the explanation given to you for why he was tossed and then just what for you after that? Well, the whole, whole thing – for me, obviously, we got, we got to stay in the game. We got to have our guys stay in the game. It happened to us last week. We lost a guy, and then today, so we got to stay in the game. But on the other end of that, you know, Coop's probably twenty five yards away, and you know, I know the umpires are instructed to turn their head and walk away. That's all he had to do. He kind of kept it going with with motions too, and that's probably why I got frustrated. Was you know the distance that Coop was away. And if he just looks the other way, he doesn't see anything that's going on. And so that's, for me, that's the issue there. And then in the 10th, uh, the Tanner gets two, gets two strikeouts, and then you see the dribbler by Nito, and then throwing error just after getting back, like Kelly said, being just for it to end on two plays like that to get the two runs in. Yeah, frustrating. Yeah, I think for everyone, obviously, this game is, is crazy. How you lose games or win games. Um, and you know you get you get excited. He get he gets the two strikeouts. So you think you're in in a decent spot. You know you're still a, a little base hit away from tying it. Uh, but you know you get a couple chances there. You think you can probably. I'm sure both guys think they can make those plays. With Anderson down, he's out of play. Even if he doesn't throw Nito out at first, you'd like to see him just go get his body in front of the ball. Did you not think he had an opportunity to in the 10th inning the ball down the line? No, I think he had. I think he just kind of lifted a little bit, right, thinking about throwing because I think he throws him out, honestly, with his arm. But um, maybe maybe not. But but anyway, I think um, he got there. I think Andy was there. I look, you know, it's one of those I don't get to see those as clearly from the bench. I get to see him when I see the replays. So yeah, I think he got there. I just think 
you know, I bet I, I would think it, his answer would be he can he can make that play. The sixth inning, two run homer by Lindor. You had Floral warming with the right-handed hitting Alonzo on deck. Are you right. okay with Garrett really allowing Lindor to put a good swing on the baseball there? Or are you kind of okay if you get to that righty-righty matchup that you have on deck? Yeah, we didn't, either either matchup we get with Lindor is, is not great. So we we thought Brax was throwing the ball good. I think just. Uh, you know, again, a, a young catcher and a young pitcher trying to go in in that spot, really, it's something you'd rather stay, you know, make him, he's going to hurt you, make him hurt you the other way, uh, especially late in your pitch count, things like that. But, you know, he's trying to make a pitch. He's trying to get the ball, you know, up and in. Uh, he gets it close. He just doesn't get it all the way in there. And, you know, Francisco's he's a good player. Is this one of the team's worst played games? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of games in here. Uh, there's different games you get frustrated by. There, like I said, there was a lot of good stuff in this game for us. I mean, our guys kept coming. Even though we don't execute early, our guys kept playing. Uh, we, did, we, did a lot of good, we did a lot of good things, but there was obviously a lot of mistakes. That was Don Mattingly after the Marlins lost time. Now to hear from Tanner Scott, who ultimately threw the ball away with two outs with Nimmo batting in the 10th. Hey Tanner, just how frustrated are you by the way that 10th inning unfolded, especially starting off strong with the two strikeouts and the little dribbler in the overthrow? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it sucks. I mean, when we're winning and then, I mean, I, I threw it straight into the ground. So, I mean, it was terrible play by me and let the team down. So it was kind of like terrible. Was it a matter of just you felt like you didn't get your feet under you? Oh, uh, no. Like when it, when it, when I messed uh, messed it up the first time when I tried going for it, I know I know Nemo's a fast guy, and I rushed myself and didn't really have my feet under me, and I just threw it straight into the ground. How do you bounce back from a loss like this, the team I'm talking about? Tomorrow's a new day. It's uh, just one hit at a time. I mean, we've got a great group of guys here, and, I mean, tomorrow's another day. And you've been through this a few times now, so for you personally, just a matter of basically the same mentality there. Yeah, definitely. Same mentality. And just as a reliever's thoughts, extra innings run on second, just your thoughts on just that rule in general and how it plays out? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, guy starts on second, you got to make pitches and get outs and, I mean, walk away with a win, and that's what we didn't do today. I mean, I'm the one to blame for that. Tanner Scott after the Marlins' loss, and as we wrap things up, let's hear from John Birdie. John, we'll start with uh, that play there in the 10th, getting picked off there. Um level of frustration and did you kind of feel like you got pushed off a little bit it looked like it from our perspective um just frustrating because i literally wasn't trying to go anywhere um i was getting back to the base pretty easily and when i kind of was coming back and the throw felt like it was coming at me so i kind of started chopping my feet a little bit and break expecting to get kind of maybe hit by the ball um my left foot hit the bag and when or my right foot hit the bag and then when my left foot kind of went over i felt like it kind of gave out a little bit so i was kind of just bracing myself and didn't have a whole lot of weight on that right side and then when the tag came it just whatever pressure he put on just was enough I guess to to make it come off I don't know if that's what it felt like I'm not sure what the video looked like because I haven't seen it yet but just frustrating because again I wasn't wasn't trying to go anywhere wasn't trying to do anything there was almost no reason for him to throw the ball and it just felt like I was getting back pretty easily and it was just a, a weird play. Uh, just game overall again not the cleanest game you guys had some opportunities to miss early but you still get the game the extras you get the go-ahead run and then for the game to end the way they just 
how tough is that knowing you guys were in out of the way yeah. from getting another win against it's that? um extremely frustrating um against the division leader right now and obviously anytime um you're playing a division opponent you want to you want to get the win especially when when you got the lead late and um you know just a weird really weird ending and um but uh, something we're going to have to get over real quick and, and come back tomorrow to get a series uh, sweep, or, uh, split. John Birdie after the Marlins' 10-inning loss to the Mets yesterday. The Mets are back to 53-32. and 32. The Marlins are 40-43. and 43. Game four of this series comes your way this afternoon at 140 when Sandy Alcantara goes opposite of Taiwan Walker. We'll hit the air at 110 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.